everybody. Welcome to This Fat Girl Life. I am your host, Kimberly Kleja. I apologize that there is no music to introduce the show. For some reason, my computer is just not wanting to function properly. I think it decided it was taking the day off. But <laughs> anyways, we're going to jump right on in. So again, this is This Fat Girl Life podcast. It is a podcast about knowing your worth and loving yourself in the body that you are in. If you have enjoyed this podcast, if you want to see it continue and help me possibly get it to a national level, all I ask is that you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. There you will see content that I am not sharing anywhere else. And that is where you are going to get the tea. There is some juicy tea coming up, you guys. And that's where I'm going to be sharing it first. So if you want to be a part of this, if you want to help make this happen, and you want to get access to some content that I'm not doing anywhere else, buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. So tonight I am joined by the Tina Bakehouse, who is also known, if I'm quoting it correctly, as the goat lady. Is that correct? <laughs> well, maybe even a goat whisperer. No. <laughs> goat whisperer. I like that even better. We are going to be discussing the importance of finding your voice and sharing your story. But before we jump into that, Tina, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks, Kimberly. I was that kid that grew up in a, on a Southwest Iowa farm, and I used the front porch as a proscenium stage, and I would take my little eight, 1980s Fisher-Price radio and make recordings of all the things, radio shows, talk shows, scripts for plays and puppet shows, even did an annual performance for my parents' wedding anniversary, and I would rope my brother and sister in all the time. And this grew in me a very big love and passion for the arts. And so I not only did community theater and speech through high school and college, but went on to college to earn those degrees in the communication studies department theater and was a teacher for almost 20 years, six years at the high school level and then 10 years at the university. And from there, I decided I wanted to keep growing and helping my community and worked for a nonprofit promoting the arts. And then later went to work for a bank to be their chief creative officer and was the storyteller for the community, the bank, and helped with outreach and education programming as well. But it was during this international pandemic that I decided my side hustle of coaching individuals and teams on how to communicate effectively and share their story, find their voice, needed to be my full-time gig. And so I figuratively jumped out of a plane and this time for sure, know my feet are going to land, just not know when or how, but know that it will because I'm going with the passion that pays. I absolutely love that. And I love that you have practiced what you preach. You know, you have lived your life about finding that story, about sharing that story. So I, I love that you have taken what you've lived your life doing and you're turning it into a full-time thing. That is amazing. And I think that speaks to the importance of tonight's topic. So let's kind of jump in both feet first. What does it mean to find your voice? 
Right. Everybody has a voice. I think a lot of times what I've found as a woman, I've been shushed a lot. Mainly I'm this enthusiastic communicator, but particularly it's challenging. I've been in different industries where I've presented corporate training where I'm the only woman in the room. And sometimes that can be stifling and can affect and influence my confidence and vulnerability. And so I think as a woman, that is the challenge is branching out of what you think other people think or being told that, you know, your ideas aren't important, all of that. Finding your voice is getting inside of yourself. I always say that poise is a verb. It's doing the work. It's practicing, you know, the stance and the gestures, the facial expressions, the tone of voice, and you get that help with maybe a coach if you need that support. Then you come out into presence, which is a noun. It's a state of being. And it's figuring that out by stepping back and finding out who you really are, because who you are affects and influences how you communicate, how you use words to achieve your goals. And so I think it's looking back into, you know, for me as a child, I've always been a performer. I've always been this kind, enthusiastic communicator and going back and understanding that that's always been who I am and continuing that path. And then from there, knowing that my voice will follow. I think it goes back to that adage. And I remember hearing it as a child and I've heard it as a grown adult, as a woman, that women or children are to be seen and not heard. And that is such bold. It really is because when we live our lives by that theory that we are to be seen and not heard or that someone else based off whatever situation, be it a child, be it a woman, be it, you know, whatever, a teen, that they're to be seen and not heard, you're missing out. You are truly missing out because there's so much that we all have to give through our stories and through our voices. So I think that that's a lot of where that comes from. Right. And I also believe Kimberly, to your point that we, if we're open to and learning, growing, we can learn from children. We can learn from each other and knowing that if our gender is different, if our, all of us have different walks of lives and, and experiences, we've read different books, we've learned different things and we have something to contribute and share and to give each person that opportunity. I think more than ever before, what I'm finding is, and you may too, we're in a very distracted, stressed, crazy, loud, loud, busy world where there's tons and tons and tons of distractions. We have social media making noise. We have online we have all kinds of just busy 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 and everybody's trying to fight for attention and in the process of that it's almost coming off like that first date where maybe that gentleman or, or woman's wearing too much cologne it's too strong too much and then it's not authentic and I feel as though if we can be authentic that realness will shine through and then we can better connect with each other if we choose to be fully present and if we choose to listen and listening is a choice and it takes work. And another thing that people need to realize and you just kind of honed in on it is listening. There is a big difference between hearing and listening. Absolutely. Hearing is just, you know, it's going in, but a lot of times it's in one ear out the other. Listening is being an active participant with your mouth closed. 
and without an agenda, you know, coming to the communication open, open to allowing the individual to say what they're saying. It's, it's seeing them for who they are, allowing them to be themselves. It's, it's like my training in improvisation is you're taking in what they're giving you. It's yes. Anding the individual. Mm -hmm. So you accept them for who they are and then you add something to it. And that adding something to it doesn't have to be in words. It could be truly just nonverbal cues of eye contact that's engaging or maybe a simple nod or just leaning in and showing that engagement. And we actually have Regina on with us who is, you know, again, pointing out that that is without judgment, which is 100% true. And what you just said kind of reminded me of probably one of the lesser intelligent movies that I've ever seen in my life um, called Dude, Where's My Car? Mm. They go to the Chinese drive-thru and every time they order an item, it's followed with, and then. And then. Mm-hmm. And it's that's meant to, you know, obviously in that situation, drama fails. But it's a valid point of okay, now what's next? Right. And even we can do not just and then, but and because, because then we have a better understanding of the why, you know, so many times what people say or isn't said, you learn more about the person in that moment. It's what makes for a great story is, you know, I remember coming back from kindergarten, my very first day, my mom's like, how was your first day at school? And she truly listened, but I blabbered. And I was like, and then I went to recess and then I did math. And then it was the, and then, and then, and then, and she listened to all that string of, of consciousness. And then we get older and more and more, we're getting more cognitive and aware of our feelings and emotions. And the, and then is still there. But then we add the end because, because that's what affects and influences our word choices and our behaviors. Well, and that and because is what helps us to define our why. Yes. It does not matter what field you are in. There is a reason why you do it. And that's what finding your why is, is why are you doing what you're doing? What is the goal? So by having that and because, it draws out the why and knowing the why within yourself or within somebody else is so extremely detrimental because then you know the motive behind something, you know, why they're doing it. Um, You know, myself, I run three different podcasts. My why is because I don't want to see other people go through the pain that I went through. That's my why. And we all have that why. So Tina, what is your why? My why is the world needs effective communication. And I believe, you know, with my experience of losing my voice and losing myself and going through burnout and going through hardship, I want to help others find who they are discover that they have something worth sharing and that they can do it in their own authentic speaker style. And that all of us have that, you know, whether you're a Disney 10, like I am, which is high of enthusiasm, big animation, 
that's my speaker style, but there's very impactful speaker styles that are more of a three or a four and then much more deliberative and calm. You know, think of the Barack Obama style uh, that can really put it out there and with those deliberative pauses. But it, my why is helping people realize and recognize that they can get up in front, they can do those keynotes, they can do those TEDx's, or they can at least go to a networking situation event where they're not freaking out, nervous, not wanting to be there or lead a meeting and feel good about it. And we actually have a comment from John who is watching as well. Effective communication is becoming a dying art. 100% agree. Well, and I think it's because we have so many channels of communication and absolutely how we connect with people. People have preferences. Some people are much more, I'd rather receive a text. Some are much more face-to-face. -face. Some are more, more wanting to do it through social media, messenger, email, There's and phone calls. There's just so many different modes and methods. And especially younger folks are getting less and less practice. I even met a gentleman a long time ago that one of his jobs was just literally teaching people how to give eye contact, shake hands and introduce themselves because that is unfortunately becoming a lost art because of uh, being behind a computer screen for so much that the face-to-face -face makes some people much more nervous. And so when you get into that circumstance, it's how do I handle myself? What, what do I do? And I'd much rather avoid. I knew someone that actually had an entire relationship via text. They broke up. Obviously, you have to at some point get in person, I think, to make it sustainable. But it's that whole idea of the, the effectiveness. I love this. Uh, people are, Regina saying, people are uh, yearning for understanding and communication can get lost in that short-term gratification. And I totally would agree with that. Where we were instant gratification. It's, it's very instantaneous. It's also very addictive. But let me tell you, there's nothing more meaningful than being heard. I love that Oprah Winfrey and in, in one of her talks that she gave, she actually mentioned you know, after she would interview people, this was during a keynote for a college graduation. And she said all these famous people, all these presidents, after they would be interviewed by her, all of them asked the same common question. Did I do OK? And that just goes to show that so many of us, all of us want that connection. We need that mm -hmm. connection. But we also want to know that. Did you see me? Am I being heard? And that's where the loneliness has been so big based on the more we're on social media, the more lonely we get. Well, and I'm going to kind of key into that social media thing. When we have apps like Snapchat, you know, even Facebook Messenger, where you can only send a 30 second message. We are taught that it's microwave fast. It's become a microwave society with the social media communication. Right. And we, you know, they're, what we're teaching this younger generation through these social media apps is that you have that much of an impact on somebody. Your impact lasts 30 seconds. And that is so misleading. Mm -hmm. It is so misleading. And I mean, John even comments, a lot of people don't like to be face to face anymore because that's not what they're taught to do. It's uncomfortable and our brain wants what's comfortable. And so we tend to do more and more with what we know and what we know is what we do. 
and we get into fight or flight, we get on the defense mm -hmm. and when we feel threatened and it can be really scary. I mean, I think about more than ever before with the pandemic, it's exacerbated those folks that have that social anxiety. In fact, the Mental Health Institute says that about 75% of people have some form of anxiety for public speaking and the number one anxiety is social anxiety. So that's probably worse than ever before now that we were forced for a long period of time to not get out of the house and to not go socialize and to not network. And so as things had been slowly opening up, you know, it's, it's taking those baby steps and doing it in a comfortable way to connect with people. Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know if they teach it in high schools now. I actually had to take a speech class in high school. Like we had to get up. It was part of the grade to get up and recite the Gettysburg Address, hmm. which I still remember half of to this day. And that was many moons ago. That's wonderful. But it was something that we had to do to pass that class. You had to get up and speak regardless of how many people were in the room. Mm -hmm. And that propelled me to become more active in public speaking. I went to state speech competition here in Colorado. I now speak for a living, you know, this is what I do. But I, I don't even know that they teach that in high schools anymore. I've well, I think that. more by and large they do, but a lot of times it can be an elective. I know that when I taught at the collegiate level, we were going through a, a big span of curriculum development and change. And what it boiled down to was funding. We had this wonderful course that we had. It was called, it was a civic engagement course. And it was teaching. I had students doing seven speeches, lots of practice, because my thought was the more you get up there, the easier it's going to be. It's like ripping a bandaid off. It'll get easier. It won't be so painful. But what ended up happening is at the end of this curriculum work is due to not being able to afford it. And that's a problem with a lot of universities and even high schools is the arts are the first thing to go is that now all these college students are taking one, they're taking a class and they give one speech. So a philosophy professor or a chemistry professor, or whatever, they do a little side course within it that's online and they do all their work online and then they tape record themselves doing one speech within that content area not really in front of an audience. And I'm thinking this is not super realistic. And in order to be a competent speaker, you need to at least practice three different speeches to show growth, to show what you've learned. And so I, I feel as though like financial literacy, like interpersonal communication, like there's all these different skill sets that we want our youth to know when, once they step out into the world after high school, but communication is one of those because no matter mm -hmm. what career you choose, it, you will need to know how to communicate. And in person, it's simple, clear, and it's very succinct. And it's easier sometimes to just do it in person to make sure that the, the, the information does not get distracted or murky because email, people will say things via email that they would never say in person. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, even on social media, right? it is so easy to say some things on social media because you never have to face that person. And I, there are times that I hate that because I, yes, there are things that are said that are empowering, but there are also negative things that are said. 
And I, I, I hate that. Well, I think how we can work towards moving forward is being that positive energy, that positive influence where what we put out there is mirrored, you know, so everything I post on my personal page, everything I post on my business pages, whether it's LinkedIn, it's Facebook, I always post with the best of intentions to help people because my goal is to help people understand that you can craft a thoughtful message. You can do it with confidence. You can analyze with authenticity. You can get that content and then perfect that performance. It just takes some of the, you don't know what you don't know and understanding those mm -hmm. techniques in terms of crafting a thoughtful introduction, body and conclusion and doing it in your own delivery style in an engaging way. And so then we kind of go into sharing our stories. We found our voice. Now it's a matter of sharing it. And that's kind of what we've been talking about already is the public speaking, but I'm going to issue a challenge. I, anybody who is watching this at any time or listening to it, I am issuing a challenge because we are still in the grips of this pandemic. We don't know what the future is holding. However, Facebook has a platform for all of us to speak publicly. That's right. It is the go live feature. If you are watching this right this second, we are live. So I am going to issue the challenge for anybody who is listening to this, watching it, go live on Facebook and share your story. Totally agree, Kimberly. In fact, I remember I made that challenge to myself because I don't know about you initially, I did not love seeing myself on camera. And I know that with a pandemic that this was not going away. So I did a five day Facebook live challenge to say to myself, okay, work through this, retrain the brain, because the brain's saying you don't want it, you don't like it. And guess what, then you just are aware of that your energy is not positive towards it and your body freezes. So because of that five day in March of 2021, I have felt leaps and bounds in terms of confidence and saying, okay, this is not going away. This is a beautiful tool. It gives much more outreach to people. I mean, you're in Colorado. I'm in Southwest Iowa. I would have never met you had we not had this beautiful tool of online social media. You know, I found you through a podcast group on Facebook. And for me, I never had a problem going live on Facebook. That for me was easy. My fear was TikTok. Mm. Like I would watch everybody on TikTok and I thought it was great. But oh, the first time I had to actually post a video on TikTok, I about lost it. But I went in hard. Like my husband and I had a bet. And I lost. So I had to do a dance on TikTok. And it was just real basic, like, bum, bum, bum. You know, that's all the dance was. But I did it. And again, it was that ripping the Band-Aid off. And that video got 12,000 views. How it got 12,000 views is beyond me because I had no clue what I was doing. But, but people I can empathize and connect with that, right? You know, the audience wants you to do well. They are cheering you on. Exactly. Exactly. And I have found myself like I'm pushing myself more to do a little dance or whatever. And 
but it's putting myself in that vulnerable position. And people connect with that. Yes, they do. And I love what Regina says here too, is that it is a conscious decision that you can put in the negative energy and have that negative effect, or you could put in that positive energy, which is what I choose and have that positive effect Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's ultimately we have brain patterns and we can change those for the positive or for the negative and whatever we are thinking thoughts become things and things, you know, make things happen. And that's how we connect with people. Well, and even to kind of hone in, go back to something we talked about earlier, as far as the things that we can say through an email or through comments, I'm totally going to put myself out there a little bit. I actually did a video on TikTok in a bikini, which was just like fearful for me to begin with. But I had gotten this swimsuit because of a photo shoot I was doing. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go big. My biggest fear, because I see it on so many other videos, were what people get to say. Yeah. What, what mean comments do I need to brace myself for? Well, and I think that that's that conditioned self, right? We have our conditioned self, which is this idea of, you know, I feel small, people are judging me, negative thoughts, you know, all of those things. And it's really easy to get in that. We have triggers. We go back to that fifth grade energy or space or headspace. And then we have our authentic self, which is when we feel empowered and positive and have faith and trust in ourselves. And I think ultimately I, I commend you because standing, it's putting ourselves out there, whether whatever platform it is, TikTok, Facebook, you name it, but being able to do that and sharing that vulnerability and saying that's one step into the better direction. I mean, Brene Brown, I love her work with vulnerability and and shame, but it's being enough and saying I'm enough. It's this enoughness that makes us human and noticing the humanness and the human beingness in other people and connecting and sharing it with each other. And we do that through story. Well, and it's just like Regina said, being real is what people want to see. Yep. That is where that connection is built is in that realness. So again, we're going to go back to the challenge that I am issuing. I want to see my feed flooded with live videos, even if it's a five minute live of, hi, my name is so-and-so. This is what I do. And this is my favorite thing in life. That's all it has to be. But I want to see the real authentic you. And I want my feed flooded with it. So please do a live video, share it to the page. Let's, Let's flood the world with the real us. Right. And let's support one another. I mean, we women have to support each other and, and with each other and, and men and all of us for who mm-hmm. we are, whatever walk of life we are, whatever ethnicity, whatever part of the country we're, we're from, whatever language we speak, you know, at the core, it's same, same, but different. You know, we are people and we, we've been in one of the hardest times. I mean, lots of social justice issues, lots, you know, with the pandemic, you know, all kinds of crazy that's happened in the last year and a half plus. And how can we better, you know, grow and feel good? It's putting feel good out there for each other. Mm -hmm. And building connection. Yes. And that only comes, the feel good comes from the connection. The connection comes from the vulnerability. It is like this giant circle of life of finding your voice. 
all pieces are interconnected. Yes. And the interconnectedness, I mean, it's, you know, it's that sending and receiving of messages. You cannot not communicate. And so being able to continue to even it's called intrapersonal communication where you communicate with yourself and the self-talk that we have, we tend not to be our best friends. So we need to really walk the talk when we are being kind to other people. We need to be kind to ourselves because the more kind we are to ourselves, the more self-care that we do, the better we will have with other relationships in our lives. 100% agree. Well, Tina, I want to thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. I think it, one, has been a great conversation. I think it has been so full of information that people need to hear. So thank you so much for taking the time tonight to come on here and share with everybody. It's my pleasure, Kimberly. I'm really grateful to meet another soul sister that has a big heart and that is real and true and wanting to be there to help other people because, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for others. If people want or need any form of help, you know, reach out because my passion is to help with whether it's crafting a speech for any level TEDx keynote, or even a small elevator speech so that you can share your story. If you need to share your nonprofit or for-profit story or just your small business story, I can help with that as well. But just to build on that self-confidence and to have that accountability and support, that's what it's all about is to support each other. And Tina, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they do that? Well, they can first check my website at tinabakehouse.com. That's tinabakehouse.com. And you can shoot me a message that I have a wonderful five tips for giving a great speech PDF that you can get as well as a weekly newsletter with some insights. And you can also check out Tina B LLC. I have my own business page message me. I would love to connect with you. Just hear your story. I'm happy to do a discovery call and learn more about you. And so it's tinabakehouse.com or check out my Facebook page, Tina B LLC. And you can also reach out to Kimberly because she has all my information too. And I know that between the two of us, we can check we can help each other and support each other because that's what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you guys, I want to thank you for being here, John and Regina. I want to thank you guys for participating in this live conversation. Tina, I have one final question for you. Sure. What do you love about yourself? Ooh, what a great way to end. I love that I'm this playful creative that I still rollerblade at 45 years old. And I love, I play, I have finger puppets that I create little shows with my son who's 11. And for my parents' 50th anniversary, we did Muppet style, a variety show where I crafted the script and did a dinner theater on the porch to relive those days when I was seven years old through my senior year of high school where I created shows for them and started with my very first mac and cheese, hot dogs and green beans when I was seven and did a little show. So they love that, except the meal was much better this time around. <laughs> but I would say my creative, playful spirit and my willingness to just try new things and to dive in and do, and that is with meeting people or experiences and travel. And so, yes, I, I, I want to know what you love about yourself. You know, nobody has ever asked me the question back. Oh my, now I'm on the spot. I think what I love about myself is my empathy. Because of what I have gone through in my own life. I 
empathize with anybody else. And I have, I find myself having like sometimes too big of a heart to want to help others. And I, I really had to kind of set boundaries there because I was a person that there have been times that my husband has even had to say, you know what, we can't afford to do this. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to help them. But just wanting to be able to do something to affect change. I think I that's it. what I love most about myself. Well, so and I want to just, I'm that. giving you a big hug from thank Iowa you. because I love your big heart and I appreciate getting to know you and being part of this uh, conversation. And I hope we can keep in touch. I would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. Well, you guys, that is all for tonight. I will be back next week. I have some amazing guests lined up next week. Definitely, you're going to want to tune in. If you're enjoying this, if you want to see more conversations like this happen, and you want access to some really juicy tea that's coming up, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. I have messages there at least every other day, if not daily, just to encourage you, to inspire you, messages I'm not putting anywhere else. I will be sharing some very juicy information, hopefully in the next two to four weeks, uh, because I will know some stuff that's going to be happening. And by becoming a sponsor, if you want to contribute even $5 and buy me a coffee with that, you're going to find out some very big stuff and help me go national. So buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. I hope you all have an amazing evening and I'll see you next week.